You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of Quarantine and Chill, the podcast within Disability After Dark podcast, where I sit down with disability thought leaders each week and talk about how they're dealing with COVID-19. And I think it's really, really important that we have episodes like this. These episodes are not behind the Patreon wall. They come out every week completely free during this whole pandemic because I want to give you more content. That's why this is the feed, shining a bright light on all things disability, and that's what we're going to do today. So get ready for Quarantine and Chill, episode number seven, right now on Disability After Dark. On this episode, you're going to hear a familiar voice on the podcast. Over three episodes, you've heard me talk with my friend, gay porn star Jay Austin. You heard me interview him back in, I think it was September of 2018, uh, maybe 2018. I interviewed him about, um, yeah, that's right, 2018. I interviewed him about uh, just being a porn star. We talked about that a little bit and then porn and disability and then in September of 2019, I interviewed him at a live show that I brought to you all about what would happen if he became disabled and what would that mean for him. And kind of we did a we did an impromptu live show together where he came to Toronto. I, I looked at him and we got to chat a bit that way. And this time, I actually talked to him as a different persona. He is now Jace Grimm, and my friend Jace Grimm. He stopped doing porn. He now is working, trying to work in the restaurant business, and he has been coming out as having some sort of chronic illness and some sort of invisible disability, and I felt it was important to talk with him about that and how the pandemic is changing his views on disability and what he feels about that. We talked to him as he's sheltering in place in California, and during our interview, he makes some bread for us, so we get to listen to what he's doing to keep himself sane during quarantine. We talk about how he feels around disability during the pandemic, how he feels about work as a chronically ill disabled person during the pandemic. All that stuff comes into play here. It was a really powerful interview. And it was also particularly important because it was sitting down with somebody with an invisible disability, asking them how they felt about the pandemic. I want to do more of that. So if you're listening to this right now and you're somebody with an invisible disability where somebody may not realize you have a disability or chronic illness, I would love 
to sit down and talk to you about how you're living through the pandemic right now. Um, this interview with Jace is kind of flirty. It's the most flirty quarantine and chill I think I've ever done so far, but it was really fun and really important, and I'm glad to share it with you. So right now, here's an episode of Quarantine and Chill, Episode 7, with my friend, Jace Grimm. Right here on the podcast feed, shining a light on all things disability, Disability After Dark. Okay, we're recording. Awesome. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start. Um, hey, friends, this is episode, I don't know, of Quarantine and Chill. Uh, <laughs> with my, I'm sitting down today with somebody you may or may not recognize vocally from... Should I introduce myself? Sure. Hi, who are you? Hi, um, Jay Scrum, but your, uh, your listeners might recognize my voice as, as Jay Austin. <laughs> um, yeah, Jay Scrum was Jay Austin, and we've kind of gotten to know each other over the last that year and a bit now we've known each other? Yeah, almost, almost two, perhaps, because... I'm trying to think of that first faded uh, <laughs> message that you sent me. Um, and if I, you might be able to, I might be able to look it up. <laughs> oh, fuck. If you want to go back to the lore of the podcast, I sent Jace an inappropriate picture over Twitter when he was Jay Austin to entice mm. him to sleep with me. And somehow we became friends out of that. So, yes, fast friends. Fast friends. And so, and so. Jace and I have been talking over the last year and a bit about how he, how, how, well, I'll let you speak to it, but how you've been, how you've been dealing with chronic illness and, and disability and how that's kind of become a part of your life. And so we just became, we kind of became Soraya sisters and symptom buddies. And like we've, we've really, um, a, a, a nice, sweet friendship has formed out of this. So I thought, I thought for another episode of Quarantine and Chill, why not bring Jace on and we can talk about how, COVID-19 has affected you. I'm, I'm honored to be on, on your show, and I appreciate, appreciate you having me. We've been talking a lot uh, recently, which is we nice. We text, like, every day, which is super nice. <laughs> it is good. It definitely ha- like, good to have someone on your team that kind of knows what you're going through. And Andrew is, like, just sort of a, I'm going to say a guru. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> on, on disability and and awareness and acceptance and like girls yeah. are the guru there's another brand right there there it is <laughs> there it is andrew guruza guruza <laughs> <laughs> no all right i'm not married to that um, um, I, I i can work with it I'll, I'll workshop it out yeah but i'm you know here in the uh, under self-isolation in palm springs with my partner um he's currently making breakfast i m- might have to take a a brief pause at some point in time to put a loaf in the oven um i definitely have revived the sourdough while under quarantine um the irony of what you just said is that when you were jay austin you may have paused for other things and now you've just <laughs> totally transitioned into like domestic bliss and i'm here for it right it's, it's 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 funny comparing this to like previous conversations we've had. It's so funny. Yeah, well, that also and and our Zoom conversations have become much more domestic. And so before, you, you know, when you were Jay Austin, you would like 
you would ask me advice on like, hey, so I'm doing this go dancing thing tonight. I need to give me advice on how to dress. And now it's like, hey, I'm cooking a meal for me and my partner. What should I put on the... <laughs> I need to start grilling you on how to make good content because I can only apparently sell videos if I'm naked in them. <laughs> Nobody's interested I mean, when I have clothes on or I'm cooking, apparently. I mean, you're a pretty tasty person, so you should capitalize on that. Um but for someone listening who's like, who the fuck is this person? Why are they friends? Can you, <laughs> can, you, um, can you start again and tell us who you are and what you do and what your disabilities are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Jace Grimm. Um, I am an out-of-work chef, maybe ex-porn actor, um, who is actually kind of now still relying on some of that income. So <laughs> more on that to come. And... Uh, my um, disabilities include <laughs> my disabilities i would say include um struggles with uh, addiction and uh more visible disabilities like constant chronic psoriasis uh as andrew mentioned we are psoriasis Psoriasis sisters which which was part of the reason i had to transition out of the adult film work because looking like a leper is not super marketable I mean, um, it gets me rising like that dough in your <laughs> oven, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pocket that that dough pun for later. Um, yeah, just leave it in there. Just and then uh, Andrew's also been talking me through some chronic pain and and weakness and weird neuropathy shit that's happening to me that I, I've been spending the last couple months spending a lot of money trying to figure out and uh, trying to get some medical allies in this whole process. And that's been difficult. And also like, as a result of those experiences, I can't go, go dance or, or do porn as much for money, which is, which is caused me to, to look other places for a career. So I'm working on restaurant consulting. And then of course, this all happened and now being a part of the hospitality industry is not even as enticing as it once was. It's been, um, it's been a trip. Um, but that's, that's who I am and that's what I struggle with. And, uh, that's what I'm trying to be right now. And Andrew and I have been working together on trying to see what I can do as a restaurant consultant to make restaurants more accessible to folks with disabilities, both on the front end of thing as a customer, like, having menus that are accessible to folks who can't see um, as well as, you know, meeting ADA requirements for entryways and having accessible bathrooms and stuff like that. And uh, there was a while there where I was gung ho about the the option of getting this pizza place and kind of turning it into some, uh, you know, woo woo, hippy dippy, everybody's welcome, accessible business. And, and Andrew was a big part of inspiring me to do that and, and making the, the thought of it possible. But, after a series of unfortunate events, I've <laughs> not gotten my hands on a pizza restaurant um, and I'm, I'm currently unemployed. So that dream will have to take a pause for a second. <laughs> and I also love how you spent the last five minutes talking me up. You don't have to talk me up. We're friends. It's fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm on this ride. It's good. We're good. I know. I just wanted to be, to be real about, yeah, talking to you and, and how... I mean, I know I'm the best. I know I am the best. You also did like mention to all folks struggling online that that you have an open an open phone policy, and so I just want to reiterate: anytime anyone needs any comforting of any sort, 
Andrew is here for it. Gonna He's have there. to start charging for that shit. That if you just yeah, put exactly. it out of <laughs> my rates are gonna go up. Like, oh my god, we should get you like a a call in line. <laughs> hey, you've reached Gerza the Guru. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> absolutely, Gerza, Andrew Gerza the Love Guru, Andrew Gerza the Gimpy Guru, <gasps> the Gimp. Ooh, there it is. There it is. There right it there. Is. That's it. So many things. Old. So um, many things. So you have all these chronic things happening to you and yeah. like, do you feel because all this stuff was happening to you before COVID? Yeah. Like, do you feel like, cause we're feel, all experiencing. I feel less inclined to like own these, these illnesses now because they all seem like to pale in comparison to the current, you know, fucking pandemic. And so I feel like a little bitch when I'm like, Oh, I have psoriasis or like, Oh, I have a headache or like, oh, I have light sensitivity when other people are out there like not being able to breathe. So I've definitely like toned down my quest to figure out what's going on to me. So I'm just kind of like shutting up and dealing with it for now, which isn't a great place to be. No, no. I mean, how have you felt about it? I mean, like, do you feel like you can be less vocal or or (laughs) complain less about the the injustices that were here before and now are just exasperated or no i i feel like i have to complain more and i have to do it in a way that is that is accessible for everybody because if i was to contract this thing as somebody with high risk i would die i will die so i have to be more vocal than i was before i think that's valid um i think that's very valid i would like I'm still in this place where like most of my doctors haven't really like put a pin on it other than like idiopathic, what have you, like idiopathic neuropathy or, or pain. So they basically pain. told you that it's, they don't know what it is. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And like, I, I spent a ton of time and money with like psychiatrists and like my primary care physician and specialists and like just kind of getting punted around because nobody seems to have an answer for me and now nobody will definitely have an answer for you for the next like two years because yeah, all exactly. we'll be is, like so like yeah i mean are you frustrated now that all like have you had a feeling of like oh my god this could be covid this thing i'm having could be like is there any fear that this thing you don't know what it is could be this mm, well no because this is something i mean the looking back on my life like i've dealt with the, the, the chronic pain for for years and it seems to be a seasonal thing But I will say that when it kind of peaked just two months ago, I had an upper respiratory infection. And then, like, I had to take care of my partner here for a couple of weeks when he had a fever and had a cough. And, like, that, he's, you know, he's immunocompromised, too. And, like, and obviously my psoriasis, whatever that is, is an immuno, you know, an immune disorder. So I've gotten nervous about what COVID might do to my body. I've already wondered, maybe I've already had it and I beat it, which is like more comforting, I think. And, and I would encourage you to also think that if you were to contract it, it would not be an end all be all situation because you're a tough motherfucker. And although I do think you need to be vocal and, and, and well taken care of too. I mean, and I've said this a bunch on, on this version of the show, like it isn't so much about the COVID hurt killing me. It's about the, the, on a good day when you go to the hospital as somebody with a disability, they don't know how the fuck to help you. So yeah, sure. when it's pandemic times, 
I would die, not necessarily because of COVID, but because people don't yeah, know how to help me. Lack of resources or options. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Do you, as somebody who has kind of had to slow down and transition over the last like six months that I've known you, have you, has it really only been six? No, we've known each other way longer. It's been like. Yeah. I think a year and a half. Weird. That was the first time I showed you my dick. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> And then we showered together then, also. Weird. Yeah, I was going to say that I had to think of the second time and I remembered. Uh, we listened to Lizzo and, and showered. It was, it was, you know, like a, and I don't know if I've talked about this since we recorded last, but it was really, that was one of the sweetest like friendship moments because it, it, it's really hard for me to engage with, especially other queer men, the things that I have to do in my life. And so when, when, you, when you came to Toronto, last summer when we filmed, when we recorded the live show mm-hmm. and then we were hanging out and I just said, Hey, I want to have a shower. And you, without even taking a beat, we're like, sure, I'll help you. I, and I remember being like, Oh, Oh, like I was scared because I was like, <laughs> what if, what if something disability happens right now? And I wasn't sure of how to navigate that also. Cause you're like Jay Austin in my shower. So I was like, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> you mean, expected like saxophones to come on and be like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually i only shower in slow-mo so fact i save water (laughs) okay um weird segue and i don't know how to get to my next question but uh sorry that didn't that didn't really work my question was after we went off on a weird tangent do you do you feel like as somebody who's had to slow down over the last little bit do you feel like a comfort in that the whole world has to do that now I'm going to say 100%. Like, I feel like my life for for various different reasons and still coming from a place of extreme white male privilege, um, I've had to like, I've dealt with, shit has been fucked up in my life for so long that I feel like I've been preparing for this like <laughs> since birth and and now wow, since birth. Life, yeah, since everyone else's life is now also in crisis um I feel like it's leveled the playing field a little bit like I have maybe some skills that uh particularly well suit me to isolation and creativity um I did spend like 18 months at the South Pole where my antisocial and introverted nature got me through a lot of stuff, um, which is sometimes like hard for people to to believe about me based on like my past profession. As far well, as because you were like Jay Austin, but being the minute, an attention whore. Yeah, but, but like the minute I met you, the minute I met you in person, I was like, oh yeah, he's not Jay Austin at all. He's he's, <laughs> he's a person. There's a person there. So like, it's not the least bit surprising that you would have. I was all like, my eyes are up here. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, sorry, I was looking at your dick. Um, <laughs> so, so you do, but you do take a comfort in in the knowledge that like everyone has to slow down, and does does that feel it feels? Yeah, and but I think I don't think that's like a great thing for me to feel. It's like almost a little bit. Um, what is it? That sort of misery loves company feeling. Like everyone else is suffering. Not that I've you know. And again, not that I've suffered really 
too incredibly much over in my life. I've been through some shit, but like. No, but I mean, in the last, in the year and a half that I've known you, six months to a year and a half, I don't know if I can know anymore, but the, the amount of time we've been friends, like you've called me a, a couple of times in, in crisis and we've talked about oh, stuff. Sure. So like, so like there isn't, there isn't, I don't think you should downplay the fact that like your chronic illness has made you go through shit. And it's kind of nice now that everybody. Yeah. Everyone else is also. Stop. Yeah. And like recognize a little bit or, or I don't know, or ignore more or invalidate more. Like I'm a little nervous about finding out what I'm going to do for work after this. Cause I was doing, you know, cooking and, and dancing and now my body seems a little bit less reliable for that sort of stuff. Like I don't know when my psoriasis is going to flare up or I don't know when I'm going to get a weird cramp or like, uh, and now with my options as a chef taken away too, you know, like I can't work conventions. I can't cater. I can't people. If people are like done gathering in groups, like what am I going to do for work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're Um, pretty much done gathering in groups for like two to three years. Yeah. I mean, and funny part is about all this is like, I've now had to start relying on my OnlyFans and like Pornhub income um, a little bit more, which is hilarious. Cause like I made this whole like big, big ado about not being in it anymore. And I'm like, just kidding. I'm back. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to go over like a best of it'll be, it'll be like flashbacks. Maybe I'll just re-edit everything. We should have like, filmed our shower together and just put that up there. Yeah, I know. Right. Us being like to live over an hour. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've thought about like that too. Like how could I use zoom or this other like digital meeting to produce socially distant, not safe for work content to like revive my online brand. Like is there, <laughs> that is crossing my mind, which is something I really didn't th- have to like want to think, think about, but like, how do you have like a, a digital raw gangbang? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That is not a question I thought we were going to ask on quarantine until today, but here we are. Uh, I don't know how you have a digital raw gangbang. I don't know, Jace. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> these, these are the hard-hitting questions I need you to be asking. <laughs> <laughs> just for you. This podcast is just turning into two friends talking. It's fun. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, sorry. That degraded quickly. Was you see, um, I'm also... I'm also about to slash and bake this beautiful whole wheat boule. Can you see that? I can I can see that. And audience, it's a nice piece of dough that's happening. It is a, it is a beautifully proofed sourdough boule. So I uh, in this 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 transitional period, I've gone back to a lot of like my my habits and techniques from Antarctica as far as keeping sane go. And sourdough bread is a huge one. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Can you just mail me some? I don't, even, I don't even know if we're allowed to mail shit anymore. Can you just like... I, I've wondered about that too. And and is my mail order sourdough bread business an essential business or not? Or not? I mean, I want to get... I want to eat all the bread with all the butters and all the things. So for me, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dude, I was, are, you, are you like carbo-loading? I'm craving sweets... I can't because I have, I mean, I can, but I have the IBS and I have all the things I can do it, but I'll just die for four days after it. And given that most of the, most of the COVID symptoms are very similar to IBS, I feel like that's not the greatest idea. Probably, probably right. Um, so Jace, what did, tell me in quick succession, what is the 
best and worst part of social distancing right now? Um, the best part of social distancing is me being able to be an antisocial hermit and it being socially acceptable and only interacting with the people that I care to interact with, present oh, company included. My heart just swelled <laughs> like a thousand points. Also, well, if none of you have seen Jay Austin's face, you don't understand why that's he's hot. Just gonna uh, put it out there. Um, well, like another positive. I've been talking to my siblings who are the coolest people in the world every day, all day. And I'm reconnecting with family in a way. And I'm finding out who my real friends are. <laughs> That's for sure. That's a perk. Um, have you, you can take that however you want to. <laughs> wow. Have you, I'm, I'm the realist, the realist. Um, have you talked to your family about, uh, about your crying illness stuff more now that you have all this time to? No, less now than before because I don't want to bother them with it. And I feel like oh, everyone else has No, like... I have thoughts about that. Well, but also I will say it seems less important to me now because of everything else that's going on. Like I can Disagree. I, I respect your view, but I disagree. You think so? I think it's more important because if you come out as somebody who's high risk for this thing, which given your disabilities and, or your lack of knowing what they are, you probably are high risk. So if you come out as saying that, it will have an impact on who stays home and who doesn't. I guess that makes sense. Um, well, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I think everyone can empathize with like not wanting to be a burden, right? Like, and that's just like polite Midwesterner, Catholic guilt talking, you know. I mean, like, that's true. But I, but I have been telling you for like a year and a half to like. <laughs> I've told you all, every version of this podcast that we've recorded, maybe <laughs> minus the first one because I was really nervous of, of you and didn't want to be weird. But in subsequent conversations, I have said to you, like, could you just please own the fact that you're disabled, please, 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 and it's okay that you're on a. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? Steaming my steaming my bull. I'm cool. still paying attention. So, so the audience heard all that. Um, <laughs> what, what I'm saying to you is I've, I've said to you for the last like year and a half, can you please just come to, the ter- come to terms with the fact that you're chronically ill. Like, that could be a brand button for you. Yeah, we've talked about that. And you're right that it would be healthy, but it just it does not feel like the time. <laughs> Disagree. to make to make it to make it a focus because like right now why not I, why not why isn't why because that's like a reinvention or like a different a different angle that i haven't done yet and i don't know if i i don't know have the ability to follow through with it there it is i support your journey though but i think i think also that you should consider talking more openly about being disabled like i said to you on the live show back in september and like i'm saying to you now um Mm -hmm. i just think that it's something that because you have privilege as a white this as a white you know conventionally attractive gay man Mm. people will listen to you and i should use that as a a platform i don't know When, when i when somebody else verifies anything that I'm feeling I mean other than you emotionally when I can like 
point at something and be like, here's what's going on. I think I'll be way more comfortable doing that. But right now it's still like, you know, there's 20% of me that thinks it's still in my head. It's not. Um, also, okay. So the best part of social distancing is that you get to be a hermit and bake bread, which we all had to hear because that was recorded. <laughs> yeah. And so then the worst part of social distancing for you is? Is, is not, the worst part of, of social distancing right now is not knowing where my next paycheck is coming from. And also, if you, here's another reason why you should just decide you're disabled because then you could come apply out. For, yeah, because well, because then you could apply for like social assistance, which wouldn't be a lot, but it would. Well, if I can't convince my doctors that something's wrong with me, how the hell am I going to convince the government by by way of my doctors that something's wrong with me? That's true. That, that's true and fair. And fair. Um, yeah. I think I think that's probably something that's crossed my mind too. Is that like, if if nobody else recognizes it, it really doesn't do me a whole lot of good. When, when which I mean is probably not what you or or anyone else wants to be hearing, but that's kind of how it feels. No, I think that's a very valid point. I think a lot of other people with invisible disabilities would agree with you. And I remember when you called me a few months ago, like really upset, and we had that long talk i'm like you were genuinely i've never heard you that upset and so i think that that anger of like i don't know what this is and i don't know how to feel about this and also now i have to deal with all these feelings during a pandemic like yeah how do you feel about all that oh it's nuts it's everything at once like i have to move out of my apartment at the end of the month like i yeah I guess I guess the same thing that was comforting that everyone being on the same page is also gonna make it a lot more difficult for me to kind of navigate what comes next. Just because everybody else, like you said, you know, the resources that may have previously been available for people who like I'm on a, a county free health plan right now. And um, you know, what if three million more people get onto it you know and like what if that takes away some of the amenities for me or i can't you know go to the go to the clinic like i'm used to being able to like that that's a little bit scary like that's nuts and because it's gonna essentially disable a whole bunch more people and like that is scares me too is that like people who are even recovering from covid have now chronic respiratory illnesses so like that's going to be like a drain on on the the healthcare system anyway are you are you what was my question are you um with all your chronic illnesses which i don't think we've even decided what they are yet um yeah what if you were to get covid19 what do you think would happen to you and what are you most scared of um i would just be worried about it exasperating my my other symptoms because like by all intents and purposes or most intents and purposes i'm like a perfectly healthy individual um, at least that's what you know my doctors keep on telling me and so I would be worried that it would fuck up my immune system cause my psoriasis to flare cause my like chronic inflammation to get worse that is what what worries me most is how I know I react to like other stuff like when I get an STI you know like that would cause it to flare up and but at the same time 
I would like to think that I already did contract it and beat it and it wasn't that big of a deal. And that's kind of the story I'm sticking to right now. Uh, <laughs> for you, that's great. I think, I think though, I, I, I'm going to just challenge that and say like, yeah, for you, that's awesome. But I think for other people with more complex disabilities, the idea that it's not a big deal is really dangerous. I, 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 I recognize it as a, a lie that I am telling myself. Well, no, it's not a lie because there is, I, I mean, I'm fairly certain that, that this has been in my community longer than these reports have been out. That Definitely. Of course. Around. Of course. Yeah. And there is a particular event where a lot of people around me got upper respiratory infections in a, I forget what the word Chris Cuomo used was like mind melting hallucinations or something like that oh. um was it was it was his words but yeah i feel like that went through my community already and i like saw it but so i i would say and and of course like being in the profession that we're in i i worked two parties like a week before lockdown you know where hundreds if not thousands of people and i shared the same airspace touch glasses everything yeah and yeah. that and that like and i knew it was in that community already like i know i've had direct contact with people who no no but i'm just saying like for you it could be okay mm-hmm. but for somebody who you if you were to come over to my house right now we're to hang out and i and you had it like what i'm saying is like for a lot of people with cr- more complex disabilities than you or i it, it is a big deal it's a yeah 100 percent. yeah there's no there's no there's no guessing that, but I don't think there's any harm in, in me. No, no, no. Feeling emboldened by. It's a, I think it's a comfort for a lot of us right now. I think that, that, like, yeah. I, I think that false sense of security is comforting, but I also think it could, it could be dangerous. And it's definitely it, not like leading to a lack of care or, or care. No, 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 part. of course. Cause I'm still like, isolating and like you know doing the bare minimum as far as essential essential trips and stuff like that of course has this you know we've been talking for a year and a half now or six months or two minutes i don't even know but we've been talking for for a while now you and i um has this experience changed the way you viewed dis- like disabled people and disability from from now um has it changed the way I view disability? Wait, the COVID thing? Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think it just makes the inequities and like the, the, the faults in our system, as far as I was looking at it before in restaurants and in that world from that scope, just that much more obvious because it's like the most vulnerable people in our community are still the most vulnerable people in our community. And this is just another fucking obstacle that we all have to get through. True, true, yes. Um, also wanted to ask you, because you worked in sex work before this, before you transitioned out, and I'm seeing a lot of people on the apps right now and a lot of people like on in sex workplaces be really kind of brazen about it and be really not thinking about, you know, the risk. As somebody who worked in the industry, seeing all this, what do you think about that? I mean, that my, my heart definitely goes out for the folks that are still in it and that was still their livelihood because that, you know, 
I'm on a bunch of group chats with with performers and that just like all sort of evaporated. Um, but I think it also, much like it's doing in every other industry, is just shining a light on the problems that already existed and like, and are just exasperating pre-existing conditions. And I think that in sex work and porn, in restaurants, whatever, we're gonna have to change the way we do things. And that's, I guess, one small like glimmer of hope about all this is that hopefully it shines, you know, enough of a flashlight on these inequities that that we move to to act. I know, I know, in California at least, or in my community, it feels like there's a sense of change coming, um, whether that be just the recession or our response to it, and. If, if there is like a silver lining in all of this, it would be that that some of the systems that, you know, we rely on capitalism being one of them and that sort of income divide, you know, go out with, a, with, a, with a, the wash water when, when all this fucking resolves. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally on that part. What I was getting at, though, was like the, the gay people in our community who are not taking it seriously and who are not focused on like staying home and are still like, let's have a gangbang party and let's do all these things and like are being like really open about how they're not, they don't care. I mean, I, I, if you, if that's what you're saying, I'm not paying attention to that sort of stuff. I really haven't. I can't say that. Uh, is that on gay, gay Twitter still? I'm seeing it a bunch on gay Twitter. Well, cause in my head, all the stuff on gay Twitter is just old content that they're still promoting. I really don't know what the numbers are of like, I mean, I I think it's, I think it's shameful if they are like, that's ridiculous and irresponsible. Like it's, it's, it's definitely slowed down. But in the first few, like I saw an article on some gay news site yesterday or two two, three days ago that was like begging gay men to stay home and begging gay men to stop like going to party and like, it was an ER doctor being like, please don't yeah, go to clubs. And I was like, well, that if gay men are still thinking this is a joke, like, that's to me the problem. Yeah, that they're not going to take it seriously ever. Yeah. And I like it. It's, you know, I want to get my dick sucked too. It's been a long time since I got that. Like, it's been a long time since I got laid. But would I rather get laid for 20 minutes or live for the rest of my life? Let me think about that. I would rather live. So it's easy for you to prioritize, but maybe people without, you know, the same struggles don't see that as, as, as clearly. And again, this kind of goes back to how, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the spring breaker mentality that I'm not going to get it and I'm going to be fine. Well, you, that may be the case, but you're going to be a vector for, you know, yeah. folks who, who don't have the choice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as somebody with chronic illnesses, if somebody out there is having chronic illnesses right now and, and needed some advice from someone like you going through this, what advice would you give somebody with, with undiagnosed idiopathic chronic illnesses that you could, or psoriasis or the number of other things you'd live with, what advice would you give them? Um, I would, I would say leverage the, the telehealth trends to your advantage and like try to still get the, the help that you need. Um, you know, I know it's hard for me to get in to see my doctor cause I'm on like a free plan and stuff like that. But I know with digital meetings, it might, it's going to be easier. And like, I'm, 
I had a bunch of doctor's appointments scheduled for this time. And like, you advised me to not go to them. I've been to a couple that I didn't think I could give up because, you know, it took me a while to get them and I don't know what my healthcare situation is going to be. And then there's other ones that I deemed like less important, like optometry. I was like, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to go get new eyes, eyeglasses right now. But as far as the things that pertain to my chronic illness, like I was still went and got an MRI and I still stayed on that. So don't be disheartened and make calculated risks to get better, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's like a loaded question, man. Yeah, I know. Um, and like, yeah, I think, I think that um, disabled people have to make those choices. And if you really need to go see the doctor for stuff that you've been waiting months and months for, I think you should, but I think you should take a, you should, you should take as many precautions as possible. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and lastly, Jace, what advice would you give to non-chronically ill people and non-disabled people who are doing kind of the self-isolation game and kind of like the, the like this thing for the very first time? What advice would you give them from your disability wisdom chest? Hmm. Um, I mean. I guess this is some of the same advice that I like, uh, I tell people when I'm trying to sell them like a, a menu for the visually impaired is that you may be in great health now, but none of us will like be forever. So think about, think about what you would want you to do if it was 15 years from now and you were a senior citizen, you were disabled by old age. Like we're, we may not all be there right now, but, but act as if you will be eventually cause you will. And make sure that it's the world is a place that you want to live in when you're that old and when you can't take care of yourself. That's kind of my mantra right now. It's like, I'm still pretty able right now and I'm going to do as much as I can while I still am to help out when I'm not. That's something that just not in quarantine and chill times, but in like all the times we need to remember that what would you want to have in 20 years when it's you? Like what world would you want to live in? And I think we need a world that starts taking this stuff seriously and looking at access needs more seriously and really considering this stuff differently. And so like, if this can hit us this fast, we need to be better prepared next time. Yeah, no, I think that, yeah, a hundred percent. This better be a lesson. We better learn from it. I mean, please God. Um, Otherwise it's, all a bunch of time wasted. Those are all my questions around this thing. Do you have any questions for me about COVID or anything you wanted me to bring up that I didn't? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's hard to have conversations about this because they're such like big questions. And like, again, it, it is also some of the same stuff that you've been talking about for years as far as accessibility and, and that it just seems like you need to turn the volume up louder now because there's so much other noise going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I will continue to do that because that's what I do. I'm Gersa the guru apparently. Um, well, this was a fun chat. Thanks for taking the time of your morning to like, or afternoon now to like make bread with me. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate your, your patience on that. You know, we all got to do what we have to do to, to stay sane and stay fed right now. So I get it. Thanks for coming on quarantine chill episode 
I don't know what episode's going to be up, but it'll, I'll figure it out when I release it. Um, because you might be transitioning into sexy video porn stuff so you can survive again, how can people support your just brands or your OnlyFans or your things? Oh, yeah. Get on that. Just just watch it on Pornhub. That's honestly where I'm making the most money now. <laughs> how do people do that? Get on your Pornhub and search for Jay Austin. J-A-Y-A-U-S-T-I-N. Awesome. Easy peasy. <laughs> but for today's purposes, you are J-Scream. Um, yes. Uh, all right. Well, these are all the questions I had for you. Thanks for coming on COVID and it's not called COVID and chill. It's quarantine and chill. <laughs> I fucking created it. Why did I forget? Thanks for coming on quarantine and chill episode. I don't know. Um, but we'll probably talk after I hit off. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. all right so there you have it there was another episode of quarantine and chill the podcast within the podcast where i talk to um disabled thought leaders about their experiences with the pandemic and sitting down with jace talking about this as somebody with it with an invisible disability was really really important and really really key and just as i said at the top i want to invite you to talk to me about these experiences and do I want to do more quarantine and chills because people are really connecting with them they're telling me how important they are and I want to make them a staple of this feed so if you want to be a part of a quarantine and chill email me at disability after dark using the subject line quarantine and chill let me know what you want to talk about and we'll get you booked in because we have all that time right so I hope you enjoyed this one and we'll be back on Thursday with our regular sexy episode and who knows, maybe we'll throw some more bonus episodes in there and other episodes within the episodes in this show. So there may, there's a lot coming at you on this feed, and I'm really excited. Thanks, friends. Bye. All right, friends. This has been another edition of Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. I'm, of course, your number one career cripple and your disabled dick smith host andrew gerza if you like what you heard today and you want to follow my work and find out more about what i do you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or you can follow me on twitter and instagram at it's andrew gerza if you want to follow the podcast directly you can head over to twitter and punch in disaft dark pod and follow us there if you want to contact the show with a show idea, a guest idea, a comment, or a complaint, you can head over to your email and email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this latest edition of Disability After Dark, and we'll be here to shine a bright light on more things really soon. Thanks, everybody. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020.